Hello and welcome to The REIT Report. I'm your host, Sarah Borgs and Quito. Today, we're going to be looking at the particular sustainability issues surrounding data centers. My guest is Brianna Wheeler, U.S. Director of Operations for BRIAM, a leading international sustainability assessment method for the built environment. Brianna, welcome. Thank you for having me. So can you start by giving an overview of how BRIAM's relationship with the data center sector has developed over the years? And what are some of the key ways you work together? Sure. So BRIAM was the world's first green building certification program launching back in 1990. And our intent was to help deliver more sustainable buildings by measuring asset performance through a sustainability lens. Our data center work uh, started back in the mid 2000s uh, with our bespoke program. So the bespoke program essentially tailors our standard criteria to reflect the unique use and sustainability opportunities of the project and based on the location. And of course, data centers were a perfect candidate for this process, um, given their unique challenges and needs. So based on this learning um, and working with our clients, uh, we developed and released BRIAM data centers in 2008, specifically for the UK market. Internationally, we continue to work with data center clients through our bespoke process. And over time, we really saw huge changes in the industry from the approach on um, how data centers are used to the way that they're designed, built and operated. And of course, all the technology that sits within them. So BRIAM also evolved in that time to become much more internationally focused. Um, you know, UK and Europe has always been a, a key place for us. But over that time, we started looking much more globally at the approach of our programs. So in, tw in 2018, we began actively engaging with a, a core technical working group of global data center specialists to ensure that BRIAM data center's criteria really continues to meet the needs of the evolving data center market in a way that was truly international, much like the data center asset class was really becoming. So along with these partners, we launched a survey in 2019 for data center operators, customers, and industry professionals. And our, our hope here was really to identify the awareness of other impacts, um, energy obviously being a, a really um, high level one, but other impacts as well, their relative importance to the industry, and really the potential value that could arise from addressing these in the future. And, and what the survey found was that there's a sustainability gap that needs to be addressed. So the in industry really understood well and addressed the issue of energy efficiency, but this single-minded focus really meant that other potential significant environmental impacts of data center operations were not addressed. And we saw this again as, a, as the opportunity to take BRIAM's holistic approach to data centers and update this for the data center market. So in 2019, we announced the release of the data center pilot, which we're utilizing to refine the technical standard using actual project examples. So the approach provides data center asset owners with the ability to assess and improve their asset sustainability and environmental performance against the current BRIAM new, new Construction International Manual. And it, of course, focuses on energy, but it combines this with BRIAM's holistic approach to sustainability, covering additional issues such as water stewardship, building management, materials, and ecology, which really offers data centers new opportunities to stand out in the market. We've had pilot projects here in the US and Europe using this, and we're gonna take the findings to finalize the data center's approach within the framework of our BRIAM standards, just like we do with any other asset type. So how would you describe the general perception of data center energy consumption, and does that actually fit the reality? Well, it's a great question. I mean, the general perception is that data centers consume a huge amount of energy and they are not wrong. However, the type and size and scale of data centers really impact on the amount of energy they use and how efficient they tend to be. 
And also, and somewhat most importantly, the challenges faced with addressing the energy consumption. So, you know, let's start with types. So there's typically two types. Um, you have enterprise data centers, which are generally private-owned and operated by a single organization for their own internal purposes. And then you have co-location data centers, which are larger commercial facilities that rent out their space, power, and network connections for other organizations' own hardware. So co-location data centers are not too dissimilar uh, to other commercial or industrial assets leasing space. It's just in this case, the space is for servers and not for people. But scale also is very well varied. <laughs> so smaller data centers might consume energy in the order of hundreds of kilowatts. Larger co-location data centers measure their consumption in the order of megawatts, so thousands of kilowatts. But hyperscale data centers are often the most energy efficient in terms of processing power per watt, but some consume power comparable to a small town. So really that scale really makes a difference. Now, energy efficiency obviously really matters because that impacts on the energy consumed, which then impacts both carbon emissions, which is really a big concern for us, but also cost. And data centers really drive to be as energy efficient as possible to keep costs as low as possible. So when we look at you know, where energy comes from in data centers, there's really two places. There's servers, and then there's the building services to keep them operating efficiently. And there's different drivers. So in an enterprise data center, the decisions about servers and buildings are made by the businesses who own and run them. They bear the cost, you know, the responsibility and the risk for the operations and the environmental impact. Co-location presents something quite different and, and really represents more of what we see in other types of real estate, where the decision-making is really split. The servers are selected and installed by the tenants, and the building owner needs to design, build, and operate the building to make sure those servers continue to operate efficiently, no matter how inefficient the servers are. So they use a, a metric called the power usage effectiveness, or PUE, to measure that efficiency. But PUE doesn't tell the whole story. It doesn't tell you where your energy is coming from, its carbon intensity, or how much water the data center might be using to improve its PUE. And efficiency doesn't necessarily change the fact that they're using large amounts of power. But the big part about all of this is, you know, how do we make decisions and find solutions to drive better sustainability outcomes. And it really comes down to understanding who's making that decisions and where the control sits. And do you think that the data center sector is having a positive knock-on effect in terms of making other industry sectors improve their sustainability performance? Oh, absolutely. And we're seeing this in two different ways. First is the focus on decarbonizing uh, the sectors. So as large consumers of electricity, you know, they have significant influence on utilities to get them to bring more renewables into the grid. And, you know, when they join with other large users via a group like the, the Clean Energy Buyers Association, for example, which was previously known as the Renewable Energy Buyers Alliance, REBA, whose signatories include, among others, you know, real estate companies and utility companies. And the goal is a 90% carbon-free U.S. electricity system by 2030. That kind of thing really helps bring renewables as an option for smaller buyers, too. They can really use their cloud. And this focus on decarbonizing the grid is really critical because while reducing energy consumption is important, data centers specifically will always face significant challenges to either build enough you know, renewables to cover total usage or build close enough to an abundant supply of renewable energy. And this is especially true because while we think of data centers being this building or collection of buildings out in the middle of nowhere, there's a surprising number of data centers being built in urban and suburban environments to be close to the population centers that use them. 
So the second thing is that there are data center operators who are going beyond energy and using certification to transparently communicate their performance. BRIAM is an asset level certification framework, which means we focus on what the asset does on site to reduce the impact overall. More importantly, the data centers program encourages operators to transparently report on their energy consumption, water consumption, and associated carbon emissions to help drive healthy competition and wider change in the industry. And this is really showing that sustainability really is for all assets. We're not just focused on, you know, a small niche. It's not just for one sector. It really shows that all buildings within the built environment need to be driving towards net zero carbon, for example, or other wider issues, because the impacts of these buildings are so significant. And can you talk a bit about the particular challenges that data centers face from their tenants in terms of achieving their overall sustainability goals? So if you rent, you know, if you're a business owner and you rent a retail unit or an industrial building, you know, apart from some general guidelines and legal boundaries, the owner doesn't really get to tell you what kind of business you're going to run or how efficient it has to be. You know, you pay your rent and the owner provides you with the services you need to run it. And the same is true of renting space in a co-location data center. So although data centers can offer a range of levels of management for a client servers from, you know, totally leaving it alone for the client's own teams to manage to fully managing every aspect of operation, they don't always have control over what kinds of servers will be installed. So some servers might be the latest and most efficient out there. Some might not be, and they might be all packed tightly together in a small space or spread out. And these choices impact the heat generated and therefore the cooling requirements of the asset, which translates to energy usage. So the data center operator is, is measured on that efficiency and usage, but it's not something over which they have any control. So compound that, this with the fact that server usage and therefore heat is very sporadic and difficult to predict and having to plan and build for future growth and expansion, considering changing weather in the short term and longer term climate change. You know, data center operators have many challenges to contend with, which makes running an efficient data center very difficult. So where do you see the next wave of sustainability innovation for data centers coming from? And what role can Brianne play in that? Well, the first one is water. You know, water is primarily used in data centers for cooling. Use of water-based evaporative cooling technologies has been a common tool to reduce power consumption. But water availability is a real challenge, particularly in water-stressed locations. On the water supply front, you know, a data center district may include water treatment plants that allow the data centers to cool their servers using local bodies of water or wastewater from municipal water systems, maybe a shared cooling solution such as district chilled water or river water cooling loops. Google, for example, has data center districts in Virginia, Washington, and Texas that offer gray water feeds providing recycled wastewater to industrial customers. Availability of water supply alternatives may be a, another factor to consider for data center sightings. On the design front, you know, an increasing number of data center providers are choosing cooling systems with minimal or no need for water. Where temperatures are low enough, fresh air cooling can be employed, but in hotter climates, more innovative cooling solutions are being found. So refrigerant economization, water to the chip technology, immersion cooling, all of which can provide effective cooling without high water consumption. Data centers that continue to use water for cooling in many locations are incorporating rainwater recovery strategy, you know, that capture rain from huge roofs or parking lots, and store it on site so they can reduce the potential burden on local water systems. 
So that's one area. The second area would be the reuse of that waste heat. So normally it goes just straight outside, uh, but in some places it's being used to heat homes, swimming pools, greenhouses, that kind of thing. There are some limitations uh, of piping it over long distances. So many data centers have tapped into existing district heat networks or where it's been used for um, heating adjacent buildings. So as these networks develop, there should hopefully be more opportunities to reuse the waste heat. And then the final one I would say is where data center design and construction really can, starts to consider embodied carbon. So embodied carbon are the, the carbon emissions that result from the construction supply, manufacturing, transportation, and installation. And this really starts looking at a more accurate measurement of a data center or really any building's true carbon footprint. Now, there's lots of technology advances in building materials that are really helping make this these choices, better choices possible. A critical one is concrete. So concrete is ideal for industrial construction, but it emits huge amounts of carbon dioxide to manufacture and transport. There's a lot of work being done to um, help drive down CO2 emissions in concrete, and that's going to ultimately help data centers reduce their whole life carbon impacts. There's other more sustainable replacement materials being used internally. So there's a, a natural fiber-filled polypropylene that's derived from, derived from natural fibers that's been developed for use uh, in parts inside and outside of server racks, for example. So those are a couple of options. You know, Briam's role is really to help data centers consider a holistic approach to sustainability in the design, construction, and operations, not just considering the energy, but being accountable for these other impacts as well. And Briam certification is all about making this performance transparent to stakeholders. So our goal is to support owners and operators on this journey. And it is a journey. No one can claim perfection at any real scale or, you know, even with something like net zero carbon without offset sets, which are problematic. So our goal here is to support real estate to demonstrate their progress as they move towards these goals, which they're aiming to meet and everything from a, a time horizon of 10 to 28 years from now, which seems like a long time until you realize that everything being built today is intended to still be in operation at that latest time period. You know, when we talk about something like net zero carbon, the designs today, you know, they're not being built to net zero carbon op operationally, let alone over the whole life cycle. So there's a lot of, of work we have to do, I think, not just data centers, but all real estate assets to be thinking about how to take the steps necessary now to meet those goals later on in time. Great, Brianna. We've covered a lot of ground, but do you think there's anything we've missed in the other questions? Well, I think one of the key things when it comes to data centers, you know, I mean, obviously we've spoken about the, the embodied impacts and, and what we're really talking about there is the data center building. From a Briam perspective, you know, we're a building level certification system. This is really the only part we look at, but we understand that the true impact of data centers will really always be with their servers. So the energy consumption of the servers is a primary focus now, but they also carry a significant embodied impact. So the problem is that life cycle costing only considers financial impact. You know, with the pace of technological advancements in the chip technology, this means that achieving the lowest life cycle cost can mean regularly replacing servers with more efficient ones. Now, if we assume that every data center in the world replaced all their servers every few years, this creates huge demand and huge streams of waste. You know, if we think about those electron, you know, those servers, those electronics, so creating them requires the mining of valuable and sometimes rare minerals, of which we have a limited global supply. And mining, no matter how sustainably done, it creates pollution and environmental damage and habitat loss. 
The supply chain for electronics is complex and highly specialized. It requires dozens of raw materials, hundreds of components for a single machine. And the collective journey for all these parts to come together for to be refined and manufactured, transported and assembled, that journey can take all of these parts around the globe many times. And mapping out that true impact is incredibly difficult. And then finally, what happens to the old servers? Some of it can be repurposed and reused, but many business critical applications demand 100% reliability 100% of the time. So using a, a refurbished technology sometimes presents an unacceptable risk. And that's on top of the, the bigger ongoing energy bills. So some will get recycled. And while there's a a growing number of organizations for which this is a sustainable business, it can be a complex and labor-intensive process to do it sustainably. Uh, and for some of the remaining hardware, it might not be economical to do either. So for this reason, you know, e-waste is one of the fastest growing waste streams in the world. The solution here is really to move towards a circular economy and greater transparency of the supply chain so that buyers understand the real impacts of their hardware. With the ongoing global semiconductor shortage, this might be a really particularly important question right now. Now, where people buy their service within the remit of BRIAM, but in the future, we hope to influence stakeholders to consider those wider questions within what they can control. Great. Brianna, thank you so much for your time today. We've covered lots of ground and it's really interesting. So. Hope to talk to you again. My pleasure. Thanks for having me. And to our listeners, if you enjoyed today's podcast, be sure to subscribe or leave a review on your favorite podcast platform.